Through Christ we are the friendliest church. From the parking lot to the pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Through Christ we are the friendliest church. From the parking lot to the pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Blessed with God's authority, we strive to be friendliest church. Everywhere we go, people want to know anything. So we choose to be the friendliest church we are. Everybody sing. Through Christ we are the friendliest church. Come on. Put your hands. Come on. Come From the parking lot to the pulpit. Yeah. Pulpit. Yeah. Pulpit. Yeah. Through Christ we are the friendliest church. Off, oh, five. From the parking lot to the pulpit. Yeah. Pulpit. Yeah. Pulpit. Yeah. Bless with God's authority. We strive to be friendly. Everywhere we go, people want to Christ, we can't do anything. So we choose to be friendly as church. Hey, T, let's sing it one more time. Woo! Through Christ, we are the friendliest. Church, we are from the parking lot to the pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Bless with God's authority, we strive to be friendly. Everywhere we go, all the people want to know. Hey, so we choose to be the friendliest church. We are, we are the friendliest church from the parking lot to the I never would have thought in all these years that I would be standing here preaching to a congregation where there really are no people here. But guess what? God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. We've got our musicians, and we're in a whole new paradigm in our, com in our community. We simply cannot gather the way we used to gather for a while. Things are going to get better. Things are going to change. This won't always be God is still in control. But this morning, we've come to you with the word from the Lord. We've come to you with the service that we know you need. You've been isolated all week, and now's the time to be able to at least get some spiritual nourishment in your soul. And so before we get started with the rest of our program, we're going to ask if our own deacon, Deacon Alvin Langham, will come and offer prayer for us. Right now, as always, we must first thank you for allowing us to get up this morning to see another day, Heavenly Father, with opportunity to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, we don't understand why these things are happening right now. We barely understand what is happening, but what we do understand that no matter what, as long as we praise your holy name and call your That's name, Heavenly Father, That's that you will bless us and bring us our bed on the other side. Heavenly Father, we ask you to heal those that are suffering from this illness right now, Heavenly Father. Heal their bodies, Heavenly Father. Strengthen their spirits, Heavenly Father. And for the people that are not suffering physically, Heavenly Father, but suffering mentally, because they don't know where their next meal is going to come from, because their jobs are dissolved, Heavenly Father. Just help them and strengthen them, Heavenly Father. Provide them with the resources that they need to provide for their families, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to bless those sick and shed in right now who are not suffering from the virus, Heavenly Father, but suffering from other ailments. So I'm going to call right. the name That's of right. Deacon yep. Walter Miles, Heavenly Father. 
Just bless. help him. Bless him. Let him know that we love and care about him and we're praying for him, Father. We ask you to heal him so that he can, once again, when all this is over, like everybody else, come to your storehouse, Heavenly Father, and congregate together to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, we want to pray for the, the doctors and the nurses, the first yes. responders yes. that are dealing with the situation, Heavenly Father. Their lives are in danger too, Heavenly Father. We just hope that if you allow them to get home, Heavenly Father, after the end of each day, Heavenly Father, that they say hallelujah and thank God Amen. and go back ready to do it again the next day, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these various mediums that we have to, to come to you and still hold this worship service. That's right. Even though we're not together physically, Heavenly Father, we are together spiritually, Heavenly Father. It doesn't matter if it's six feet, 1,000 feet, Heavenly Father, we can always call your name and you'll be there. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you can just continue to bless us, Heavenly Father. And I've asked the question, what is it we're supposed to learn from this? Is it that we've made technology our God, Heavenly Father? Is that we Help us. depended too much on conveniences, Heavenly Father? Is this that, is this, this that we, don't, we feel like we don't need you, Heavenly Father? But to me, the answer is clear. It was you yesterday, it's you today, That's right. and it'll be you tomorrow. That's right. These prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Thank in you, Lord. Jesus amen. 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 All right, hopefully you've had a chance to get your family together, get everybody gathered around the device that you've got so that you can go further into this worship service for us. I want to stop for one moment and thank all of our supportive members who have come out this morning to get uh, this service going. Certainly want to thank our musicians who are here. You've already heard them as we opened up, and we're about to listen to some praise and worship music. We need to uh, make sure you understand that we're in worship. And in a worship setting, we love to use music to set the mood for us. And so we're going to, in a moment, step away, but I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to these fine men and women who have come out here, spent their time getting this together. And let me go ahead and say this at the top of the hour. This is not a professional production studio. And so you may see some things that might not work right. The sound quality might not be what you expect on a, a national television show, but today we're doing the best we can. I tell you what, you keep giving, keep on going the easy tide and making your donations, and before long we'll have all the equipment we need to put out a broadcast quality production that you can be proud of anywhere you go. But today, we're just using what the Lord has given us, and that's going to be good enough today. So come on, Key and Red, help us out. Help us out. I ought to have somebody out there that didn't know this morning that it was nobody but the Lord. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you. But you. I'm gonna sing that verse for you one time. Listen here. Lord, you heal the sick and you raise the dead with two little fish and five loaves of bread. If you did it back then, I know you'll do it again. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you, hey, nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you, no, nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you, when I was in trouble, when I was in trouble, hey, you came to my came rescue, to my rescue. Hey, nobody, nobody but you, Lord. 
nobody but you. See, I think I'm going to say that verse again. Lord, you healed the sick. Yes, you did. And you raised the dead. With two little fish and five loaves of bread. If you did it back then, Lord, I know right now you'll do it again. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Hey. Come on. Nobody, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody, nobody but you. Oh, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble. When, when I, I was in trouble, Lord, you came to you my came rescue. To my rescue. Hey, ain't nobody, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Hey, sing nobody. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Was nobody but the Lord. Nobody but you, Lord. Hey, nobody but you. Wherever you at right now, sing with the singing. Nobody, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody. Nobody but you. Hey, you heal the sick. Nobody and you but raise you, the dead. Yes, Lord. you did. Nobody but hey, you. Hey, sing it again. Nobody, nobody but you, Lord. There's nothing nobody he can do. Nobody but you. Hey, he got all power nobody in his hands. But you. Nobody but oh, you. Oh, may not come when you want it. Nobody but you. But he's always Lord. there when you need him. Yes, he nobody is. Nobody but you. Oh, saying nobody. Nobody but you, Lord. Oh, nobody when but I was in trouble. When, when I was, I was in, in trouble, trouble, you came to you my rescue. Oh, oh, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. How many of you all know that he's just that kind of God? Able to handle any situation. Able to heal all diseases. Able to comfort in the time of need. Able to supply all of my needs. Somebody say he's just that kind of God. There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him.
any situation, he's Jehovah Nisi. <laughs> yeah. Able to heal all of my diseases, he's Jehovah Rapha. Oh. Able to comfort in the time of need, he's Jehovah Shalom. He's able to supply every one of my needs. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's just that kind of God. 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 Just that kind of God. He's just that kind of God. He's just that. Nobody like Jesus, nobody like him, he's just that kind of, nobody like him, nobody like Jesus, nobody like him, he's just that. We should wait on him. Hey. Oh, wait on him. We don't have all the answers. We should wait on him. Cause he's just that kind of. Oh, wait on him. Wait on him.
you understand that your house is supposed to be a house of worship. You don't have to come to this sanctuary just to get your praise on. Make sure you're having a good time there. Put your biscuit down, put your kids <laughs> down, and have a great time Amen. with us for just a little while this morning. Now, one of the things we're going to have to do, one of the things we're going to have to do during this time of difficulty, if I can use that word, is make sure we communicate with you all this going on. And so our announcement period is going to be so crucial. And you hear us and understand exactly uh, what's going on. We want to make sure we don't leave you without words that can help you down the road. And so as we normally do here in our worship service, we have our weekly announcements. They will also be posted on our website, so you can go back and see them, and we'll also send them out in our constant contact email each week to make sure you get them. So if you will, our announcements. Sunday, March 22nd, 2020, and welcome to this edition of 4 or 5 Productions. Recordings for the 45th Street Baptist Church Annual Resurrection Program will take place on April 1st and April 8th. The recitations will be recorded. For more information, contact Sister Marche Lynn and be sure to stay tuned to 4 or 5 Productions. Practice is also underway for the VOP ministry. Practices are being held from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. each Saturday morning leading up to Easter. For more information, contact Sister Katrina Dada. Early registration for the 2020 Susan G. Coleman Race for the Cure is underway. Early registration is only $15 per person. If you would like to be part of Team 45 Shades of Pink, early registration goes until April 15th. This year's Race for the Cure will be held on Saturday, October 24th at Railroad Park. For more information, contact Sister Doris Maddox. The Mount Pilgrim Baptist District Association will hold its Minister's Wives and Minister's Widows annual spring breakfast on Saturday, April 11th. For more information, contact Sister Barbara Merkinson. Momentum, the Ministry for Mature Adults, is asking for Easter lily donations beginning Sunday, March 29th. All lilies will be donated to the homebound members of 45th Street. Now for a few four or five reminders. Please remember to keep those on our sick and shut-in list in your prayers. Attention 45th Street Baptist Church, please mark your calendars because early morning worship service will be held on the following Sundays, March 22nd, March 29th, 
and April 12th, which is Easter. Early morning service will begin at 9.30 a.m. And the following four or five members will be celebrating a birthday this week. To be included in the 4 or 5 Productions newscast, be sure to submit all announcements by 5 p.m. each Sunday evening. 45th Street Baptist Church, the friendliest church from the parking lot to the pulpit. Amen. I need to echo some of those announcements as I normally do. And I need to start out by saying, please make sure that you are following all of the guidelines that the Centers for Disease Control has put out with respect to dealing with our own personal safety during this time of this uh, coronavirus. Make sure you're following all of the very basic tips that they've given us. In the, for example, make sure you're frequently washing your hands using an alcohol-based product. Make sure you're using soap. When you cough, cough into your elbow or, or into the crook of your arm. Make sure when you use tissue, you use them and throw them away. Don't hoard them and, use them and come back to use them again. Make sure that you're wiping off doorknobs and handles as you frequently go. As a matter of fact, in your house, leave the doors open that can be left open in your house so you're not having to do that all the time. Not just in the house, if you have to go out into the business community, make sure you're not grabbing on those handles because this disease has been, this virus has been known to lay dormant on, on, on objects such as that for quite a while. That's just basic things that we've got to do to protect ourselves. And while I'm talking about that, let me mention this. There's some who want to cast this event we're in as a fear or faith issue. Let me tell you this, I've got faith. I've got faith, but I lock my car do doors. I've got faith, but I make sure that I do all the things that I'm supposed to do to take care of me and my family. This is not fear over faith. This virus isn't just, take, uh, just, isn't just attacking faithless people. It's attacking saints of God. It's attacking people we love who've been devoted for years. They're getting sick and being hospitalized and having to deal with the repercussions over it. So it's not faith over fear. God is with us. It's just something that we've got to deal with and make sure you're doing every single thing you can. In addition to the announcements you had, life goes on for everyone else. So please be prayerful for our own Deacon Walter Miles, who's hospitalized. Hospitalized at a time as devoted as he's been to this church all these many years, we cannot go and visit him wow. in the hospital. That's a tragedy for me, not to be able to personally go and see him. Pray for him. Let him know that we are, your prayers are the most powerful weapon you have. Pray for him. Pray also for, for Sonny Jordan and her family and the loss of her nephews. He, uh, they were killed in a tragic car accident in Georgia, Georgia, I believe. Make sure you pray for the family of our own new members, Bobby and Deborah Wells, and the loss of Bobby's sister, Emma Jean Stafford in Tuscaloosa. Pray for all our families who are struggling. We still got members in nursing homes that we can't go and see now. Please pray for them. Um, be careful as you go about. Remember now, we're not having Bible study this week, and that's not because of the virus. That's because it's the fourth week of the, of the month, and we don't have Bible study on that day. But come first week of the month, we will be back on our Bible study. Even more now than ever, you need to be tuning in and staying close uh, to the Word of God. All our birthdays that were broadcast that you might not have caught going up will be on our website. We want to make sure that all the saints recognize that we too celebrate when they have a birthday. 
And our resurrection production, the trial of Jesus Christ, is, is still underway. We're still looking forward to a, a wonderful Resurrection Day program. We're still looking forward to the, uh, the cast members showing us all they've got. And just yesterday morning, Ms. Dada, Katrina Dada was here with our praise dancers, our vessels of praise, and they were preparing for their part in the resurrection program. So I'll ask you this, are your children prepared? We're still gonna be recording their recitations if that's what they choose to do. Make sure you contact Eris or Marche so we can get those recorded. God bless you. I'm so glad to be here with you. Now let's ask Reg and T if they'll get us ready uh, for the word of God, which is coming right after this song. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Sing that again. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Sing it with me. Sing. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Lord, you are here, turning lives around. I worship you. Are here mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Promise keep lying in the dark. 
promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are lord we praise your name right now for everything you've done we make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are that is who that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Let them know that is who you are. Wherever you are right now, whether you're in your car or at home, come on, worship the Lord. That is. Lord, you're above all disease. Lord, you're higher than all problems in yes, this world. Yes, yeah. Lord, you're mightier than isolation. Because <laughs> that is who you are. Jesus, he's our way maker. He's certainly a miracle worker. We need him to be all those things right now in our lives and in our community. And so pray with me now. Father, we bless your name and thank you for all you've done, Lord. Even in times like these, especially in times like these, we're so thankful that we can call on your name. Not only can we call, Lord, you hear us and you respond. And we thank you for being just that kind of God. Lord, we need you today as we expound upon your word, make it fit and proper for whatever need these listening people, these watching people have in their lives right now. We know there's a pandemic, but there is nothing on earth you can't ha handle. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. You've given us things that we have to do, but we depend on you, Lord, because you're a healer. and You can make this disease disappear if it's in your will and power. Lord, bless this word now. Help it to go forth. Help it to be empowering and strengthening. Help it to be cleansing, Lord. We thank you for the mightiness of your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. Now, I know, I know, I know. I got a few people here in the congregation and they might feel a little reserved about saying amen. But if I say something that moves you, you ought to say amen, no matter where you are. Whether you're in this sanctuary or you're at home, if I say something that moves you, you ought to say amen. You ought to shout, celebrate, give somebody a high five. Do something to let us know that we touched you. There is a word from God, and I want to make sure you understand that we talked enough about viruses and diseases this week, and so I wouldn't dare come to you and preach to you about something of that nature. But there is a word that I believe is encouraging from us. It comes from my scriptural point is John chapter 12 verses 1 through 11. I hope you got your Bible with you. Turn, turn in your Bible to John chapter 12 verses 1 through 11. I hope you'll bear with me as I try to read it for you. John chapter 12 verses 1 through 11 is where we want to reference you today. There is a story there 
that I believe will help us. And the word of God is given to John, reads, six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of nard, pure nard, and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. He said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, he didn't say this because he cared about poor people, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Verse 7 says, leave her alone, Jesus said. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Verse 9 reads, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but watch this, but also they came to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For an account, on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Thus ends the reading of the passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture is, is strange, but only in hindsight. Only if you know that this takes place not too long before Jesus Christ is, is, is going to be crucified. Jesus knows. Jesus knows he's going toward the cross. Jesus has been trying to warn his disciples that something was coming. He knows that the cross is before him. He knows that there's going to be problems ahead. He knows that he's going to have to give his life for all of us. But what does he do in the face of that coming crucifixion? What does he do in the face of that coming death? He goes to a party. He goes to a party, and the party's at his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. Now, this is a strange party set up. I mean, Jesus is there. But as you heard me read in the passage of Scripture, Jesus Christ, while he is well-known and regarded, people were coming not just to see Jesus, they were coming to see the man that Jesus Christ made the most famous man in the world, and that was his friend Lazarus. Why is he the most famous man in the world? Because he was raised from the dead. Can't you see him over there asking him? Tell us one more time, Lazarus. Tell us how it was to be dead. Come on, what happens when you're dead? Can you see anything? Is it dark? What's going on? You know how we do when we go to parties. People always want you to tell the same stories over and over again because just, that's just how folks are. And so they're there in the house. And while they're in the house celebrating, celebrating life because Jesus gave him life, celebrating love because they loved one another, and simply celebrating being in one another's presence, something amazing happens. An act of pure 
unadulterated love takes place. There's a story of a famous actor who was notoriously shy when he was young, notoriously shy. One day at work, walking around the movie set, he saw a young lady that got his attention. He was immediately attracted to her. But because he was so shy, he wasn't courageous enough to walk to her and have a conversation. So he went to the florist who was near the movie studio, and he ordered one red rose to be sent or delivered to the woman. And for the next three days, he ordered one red rose to be sent to this woman. Well, as you know and I know, curiosity is going to get the best of you. And before long, this woman had to know, where is this rose coming from? So she goes to the florist and she asks him, who sent the rose? Florist gives her a name and she tracks him down and she finds this actor and he sa she says to him, are you sending me this rose, these roses? And he says, I am. And he said, I, I hope you're not offended, but I was simply wanting to make friends with you. And I didn't know any way to do it because I really am reserved by nature. Well, she accepted his invitation for lunch later that day. He finally got it out. They went to lunch. Can I make a long story short? They went to lunch. Whirlwind romance started. And before long, they were engaged and married. But guess what? Every day after she confronted him, she got a red rose. Every day after they met, she got one red rose. Even on their honeymoon, after all the flowers at the wedding, she had delivered to her one red rose. This went on day after day, month after month, year after year, their entire married life. Each day, she had one red rose delivered. Well, as life would happen, the day came and this actor died. And after the funeral, his wife was at home. There was a knock at the door. She opened the door, and the florist was there. And in his hand, he had the usual one red rose. She said, oh, no, you, you, you must be mistaken. You must not know that he passed away yesterday. We just, we just, we, he passed away. We just buried him. And the florist looked at her and said, I know. He's made arrangements that for the rest of your life, you'll get one red rose from me, from him every day. He loved you just that much. Have you ever experienced that kind of love? Well, somebody wants to express it every single day. They're so devoted. Well, that's what happens here in this house with Jesus and his friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus is simply sitting there around the table. You heard the scripture. He's reclining. And it's a strange thing because Mary is reclining there with him. This was a social faux pas. Women didn't recline next to men in positions like that. Not only was it a social faux pas, you'll find out later that she had her hair undone. Jewish historians say that for a woman to let her hair fall down in a circle of men would have been the ultimate in disgrace. And yet she was laying there reclining next to Jesus who was teaching at the table and this Mary, this Mary, you know this Mary, 
This is the same Mary who, along with her sister, had enough faith to run and tell Jesus, this man Lazarus whom you love, he's dying. Please come to him. This is the same Mary who, along with her sister, Martha, had enough faith to know that if Jesus Christ got there, Lazarus didn't have to die. Why? They had watched him heal and touch and bring other people out of dire situations, and yet this is the same Mary who, when Jesus delayed for four days, when Jesus didn't come fast enough intentionally to teach and show, this is the same Mary who, when Jesus finally arrived on the scene and her more aggressive sister, Martha, ran and confronted Jesus. This is the same Mary who stayed in the house. Why? Because she was reserved. Martha was aggressive. She didn't get in Jesus' faith. She just was more aggressive. And Jesus treated her that way. He taught her, Martha, everything's going to be all right. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus says, Martha, everything's going to be all right. But if you flip back just one second to chapter 11, watch how Jesus deals with Mary. And Jesus goes into the house. Mary's upset. Her brother's in the grave and he's dead. And the Bible says that Jesus sees Mary upset and is moved with compassion. It's Mary's temperament that moves Jesus. And Jesus then does what you and I say all the time. Jesus starts to weep because he's touched by Mary. This is the Mary who's sitting at Jesus' feet. This is the Mary who loves Jesus so much because that same Mary who moved Jesus to tears because her brother was dying was the one who was exuberant when Jesus raised him from the dead. That's why she's sitting at his feet. That's why she's there. And look at what she does. She takes out a container of perfume and she uses that perfume to anoint Jesus's feet. Now, let me clear this up for you, because people are concerned about how many times Jesus was anointed. Watch this. Jesus had at least two, maybe more, anointings in the Bible. Don't confuse this one with the one that happened at the, the Pharisee's house, Simon's house. Don't confuse that one. Simon was ill-tempered and inhospitable when Jesus came to his house. And Jesus taught the lesson that it was a harlot who came in and used her container, her alabaster box of perfume, and treated him with the hospitality that somebody else wouldn't treat him, that the owner of the house wouldn't treat. He taught that lesson. But this is not the anointing I'm talking about. The anointing I'm talking about is from somebody who just loves Jesus. Somebody who has a reason to know how good Jesus has been to her and her family, and she anoints his feet with this perfume. She takes it, and she pours it on, her, on his feet. Now watch this, watch this. There were a whole lot of people there, people in the room. A lot of people followed Jesus Christ. Some of them didn't follow Jesus for the right reason. That means some of his disciples didn't follow for the right reasons. There was one of his disciples that was there in the room. And his name was Judas. And Judas complained. Let me pull out one of these modern day memes for you. If, if one for you and two for me was a meme, then he would be Judas Iscariot. Yeah, he's the one who walked around with the fanny pack on, 
and he'd put one on your table and put two on his table. Now, he was dealing with everybody's money, but he was taking like he wanted to. That's Judas Iscariot. And he had something to say about Jesus Christ being anointed with this very expensive oil that, according to Judas, could have been equal to somebody's wages. And what is Jesus' response when he makes this cry? Jesus looks at him and says, leave her alone. Jesus said, raise up off her. She's blessing me because she knows how important it is. And that's what I came to tell you today. You need to learn how to help folk when they love Jesus and all they want to do is show it. And so leave her alone becomes what we're going to talk about. Just leave her alone. Verse 7, leave her alone. Let her do what she can for Jesus Christ. Let her do what she can for the body of Christ. So watch this. Let me give you some points and then I'm getting out of here because I know you want to take this and apply it to your own life. The first thing you need to know about Mary in her very vivid expression of love for Jesus Christ. The first thing she did was find a way to express her love for Jesus Christ. She found a way to do it. Now let me ask you this question. Have you? Have you found a way to express your love for Jesus Christ? What are you devoted to? What has Jesus done for you that moves you so much that you have to do it no matter what anybody says, that you got to go through the fire and the flood because Jesus has been just that kind of God to you, but he's been just that good to you. What is it? Is it choir? Do you have to get there no matter what? Is it ushering? Do you have to be on your post no matter what? What is it that he does for you? Do you have to tell somebody in the line at Walmart how good God has been to you? What is it that you have to do? Do you have to be an evangelist somewhere telling them about Jesus Christ? Or a teacher? Is your Sunday school or your Bible study class or your small group on fire because you're on fire for the Lord? What is it that you have to do? Because Mary found a way to express her love for Jesus Christ. She found it. And it didn't matter who was at the table. It didn't matter who was complaining. It didn't matter what anybody said. She found a way to express her love. And when she did it, guess what Jesus said? He said, leave her alone to the people who were complaining. Watch this, watch this. I have been fortunate enough in my life to go to one of the stadiums for all of the professional sports. Basketball, football, baseball. It's an amazing thing, Cam, when I see it. I see people come in, first of all, when you go to any of these events, I've noticed you have to get there early all right, you've already paid an arm and a leg to get there. You have to get there early. You have to get your seat and make sure you're in place. You're going to be crowded in. I don't care which stadium you're in. They're going to be they're going to have you shoulder to shoulder. If it's a football game, of course, you're going to be outside most of the time. If it's cold, you're outside. If it's too hot, you're outside. You're going to spend a lot of money to get in the stadium. You're going to spend a lot of money on the food if you eat in the stadium. You've already spent a lot of money in the parking lot trying to get there. It's just expensive. And when you get there, you're surrounded by people who are obnoxious. You're surrounded by people who are intoxicated. You're surrounded by people who are just not always fun. And you go through that for two or three hours while you watch the event. And when you leave, most people turn around and say, we had a great time. And you spend all this time in pursuit of an athletic event. And yet, if you come to church for one hour, you act like we've been killing you to make you sit up in here 
for one hour, what do we put our priorities in? Where do we spend our resources? What grows us and makes us better? Mary found a way to use what she was given to bless the Lord. Not only did she find a way to bless him and was defended by Jesus Christ because of that, watch this, watch this, she did it extravagantly. Extravagantly. She didn't take no old used stuff to bless the Lord. All right? Some people might say her extravagance was a foolish act. Some people might say that uh, you could have taken that and, and helped the body of Christ a whole lot more. It's possible that it's true. But can I tell you this? All of us have done foolish things for love. All of us have done extravagant things for love. All of us have done something, spent money on something that somebody else would have probably said, don't do that on. And yet, can I tell you this? You do it again for that same love. Can I tell you, I remember, I remember mama, when I first got my full job, my first job, my first real job, I wanted to give my mama something to let her know how much I loved her. I wanted to bless her with something that would be memorable and I found this rather expensive jewelry box that I wanted to give her. Now I spent more money probably than I could afford to at the time considering my own financial obligation, but it was for mama. And because it was for mama, I said, I'm not going to spare the expense. And I bought it, and I took it to an older joint when she opened it and said, oh, this is so nice. And she took it and put it in a prominent place and put all her jewelry in it on a prominent place. And she kept it. And I remember the value it gave me when mama was called home to the Lord. And I walked into that space many years later, and I saw mama still had that jewelry box sitting there full of all her precious, precious jewels. It made me know that mama appreciated that jewelry box so much and that she knew how much I loved it. Extravagance is only from those who don't know how much it means to you. Watch this, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. How much is that worth to you for Jesus to come and get your brother up out of the grave? and give him back to you, I'd say that's not enough money in the world that can stop me from blessing somebody that did something like that. And so Jesus said, leave her alone when she wants to come and bless me under these circumstances. Watch this. I'm not going to even talk about the fact that she used her hair to wipe his feet. I'm not even talking about that. She was totally committed to blessing the Lord. So not only did she find a way to bless the Lord, she also did it extravagantly. And lastly, I'm going to say this and then I'm gone. You need to know this. She did what she could. She did what she could. The Bible says this. She did what Jesus Christ said it himself. He said she did what she could, verse 7. That means she didn't have to go out and get no extraordinary education. She didn't have to go out and get any extraordinary training there. She didn't have to go out and get anything unique. She just did what Mary was able to do. I can't think of any greater tribute. She didn't have much, but what she, got, what she had, she gave to Jesus. She didn't give it to Simon. She didn't give it to James or John. She didn't do it for anybody else. What she did 
she did just for Jesus. And so I came to tell you today, stand in that space that Jesus stood in. The next time somebody you love loves Jesus enough to be devoted to him, I want you to be the defender of them. The next time your wife decides instead of y'all having a date night, she's going to choir rehearsal, I want you to tell yourself, leave her alone. The next time somebody's going to come and participate in a program at the church, when you'd rather sit at home and watch Netflix, I want you to turn to him and I want you to say, I'm going to leave her alone because she needs to go and love on Jesus the way she needs to love on Jesus. The next time you find somebody who's more devoted to reading the word than listening to some gossip and somebody's talking about it, turn to him and say, leave them alone. Let them learn, let them love, the Jesus, love Jesus as only they can. I want to tell you, it's hard being in the body of Christ. It's hard loving Jesus in a society where people want to think you're weak for loving somebody like that. Can I tell you, you're never stronger than when you're loving him because he will take care of you. Leave him alone. When he turns, turn our time away from your time, leave him alone. When instead of wanting to sit and hold hands, he wants to hold a prayer, period. Leave him alone. Whenever he's doing something that's going to magnify his relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you why? This is the cheat code. Because the stronger he is in Christ, the better he'll be for you. The stronger he is as a witness and a believer for the Lord, the better spouse you have. The more connected to Jesus she is, the better wife you have, the better friend you have. Strengthen them and get people off their backs. Just turn to them and say, say, leave them alone. Somebody at home ought to be shouting that right now, writing it on your little blackboard that's in the kitchen with all your assignments on it, right on there. Leave them alone. Let them love the Lord. Somebody ought to need, need some encouragement today. Leave them alone and let them grow in their relationship with the Lord. And so here we go. Instead of putting people on a guilt trip, praise God for the grace trip he's got them on. Yes. Instead of telling people, because let me tell you what happens, and I got to get out of here. Let me tell you what happens. When people are loving Jesus like that, and you criticize, the reason you criticize is because you see their actions as a mirror to your own inaction. Wow. And you see what they're doing as a challenge to what you're not doing. And that's why you criticize them. It's a mirror into your own actions, but instead of doing that, Instead of criticizing them, help them out. Just turn to them and say, leave them alone. Because a close relationship with Jesus Christ is what we need right now. Love on him, love on him as only you can, in the way you can, as extravagantly as you want to. Use what you got to bless him. Watch this, watch this. As a part of a doctoral program, a young college student spent some time living with a group of Navajo Indians on an Indian reservation, a Native American reservation in Southwest United States. And as part of the research, they had to actually go and live with one of the families. They had to get to know them. And it was interesting because the person didn't speak Navajo, didn't speak the language, and they, of course, didn't speak English so well. And it worked out pretty well for the younger members of the family, but there was a grandmother 
who was in their family who just had a hard time learning English. But amazingly, over the course of time, the student and the grandmother grew closer than anyone else. They couldn't communicate well, and yet they ended up having the best relationship. They laughed at things that nobody else understood. They walked, and nobody knew what they could be talking about because they didn't understand one another. Over the course of time that he was there, they learned a few words. He taught her a few words. She taught him a few words. And it was time for him to return to campus. After his period there was over, they held a homegoing service for him, a celebration for him. It was marked by a lot of crime because they'd grown to love him. And out of nowhere, the grandmother comes to him obviously sad, obviously downcast. And in her limited English, she grabs this young man by the face and she looks him in the eyes while the rest of the group looks on. And she tells him, I like me best when I'm with you. Everyone understood what she meant. I like Andre best when I'm with Jesus. I like me best when I'm doing what Jesus Christ would have me to do. I like me best when Jesus is guiding me and teaching me and directing me. I like me best when I'm following his command. And isn't that the way it is for you when you're in the presence of Jesus Christ? God loves you more than you can ever know. And so I want to tell you right now, even though you're not in this sanctuary, I want to remind you, if you didn't know, I want to tell you that Jesus loved you so much. He loved you so much that he was willing to come to this place and die for you. Not only did he come and die for you, God blessed him by resurrecting him. And when he resurrected him, he gave him all power in heaven and in earth. I can never pay him back for what he's done, nor can you. But what I can do is everything I can by way of sacrifice to let him know that I love him and I appreciate what he's done. God doesn't require that the debt be repaid. He just wants you and me to accept what he's done. That's all, just accept it. Do you? Do you accept the sacrifice that's been made for you? Do you know Jesus? Have you met him? Have you given your life to him? Watch this. If you already belong to him right now, now's the time for you to simply say, Lord, I love you. I thank you. I appreciate you for being my savior. And thank you for being the Lord of my life. If you've never known him before, here's the prayer for you to pray. Lord, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I know that I don't deserve anything you've done for me, but I know I've done wrong and I freely give my heart to you. Thank you, Father, for being my Savior. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for me. And now I ask you, Lord, to bless me as I leave this place. Guide me and direct me, oh, thy great Jehovah. Lord, I love you. I love you. In Jesus' name, we ask this prayer. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I'm so thankful that we had a chance to spend this time together. We're learning. We're growing. The broadcast will get better as we go forward. I want to thank Reg and T for being here today. 
I want to thank all the staff for the church and friends and for being here to support us during this time. I know it's different, but that's all right. Different doesn't mean bad. Different doesn't mean wrong. It's just a new normal for just a little while. We'll get back together and watch this. If the coronavirus didn't do anything, it told you that you want to get back to church as soon as you can. And so I'm looking forward to the day that you can run back in here and I can grab you and hold you and we'll once again be the friendliest church from the parking lot to the pool. Our friendliest church. Come on now. From the parking lot to the pulpit. 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 Christ, we are the friendliest church. Oh, yeah. Tell them. From the parking lot to the pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Blessed with God's authority, we try to be friendliest church everywhere we go. Hey, come on, people wanna know anything, so we choose to be friendliest church. I think we say one more time. Through Christ, we are the friendliest church. I see you. From the parking lot to the pulpit, I see it, pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Christ, we are the friendliest church. We are from the parking lot to the pulpit, pulpit, pulpit. Blessed with God's authority, we try to be friendliest church everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, people want to know through Christ. We can do anything, so we choose to be friendliest church. We are.